Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer speaking to you after India's dominant series leveling win in the second test in Chennai. With me today on Stump Mike is our regular panel of Gaurav Debayan and Alan Gardner who have kept us company throughout this test match. Alan so Ashwin can pick up plenty of wickets on this pitch. He can score a century on this pitch. He can also now nutmeg the English batsman, yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean he's he's playing playing football as well and uh, bringing out the tricks. Uh, I mean it took a fantastic bit of uh, footwork and glove work behind the stumps um, to pull off that dismissal. But yeah, Dan Lawrence um, gone for the second time in the headlights uh, of the glare of, of facing our Ashwin on his home patch. Oh, absolutely, it was. It was. It was Ashwin's test match through and through. Gaurav. I mean, after the first or the second day's play, I was like. Rohit Sharma is a shoe in for the man of the match award but Ravichandra Ashwin has just popped up on his home ground his quotes after the match when he spoke in Tamil to the crowd yeah that 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 got me feeling feeling something you know in 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 inside me it was it was so passionate it was so from the heart and it was lovely to see this in a test match when fans are back finally to stadiums in India yeah uh, especially like we discussed yesterday performing in the home venue is very rare i remember i, w- I was a big fan of rahul dravid and he had a very very poor time at bangalore uh, he hardly used to score and you know these things matter a lot i guess to uh, uh, cricketers definitely that to the crowds were back and that that's what even ashwin alluded to right the crowds were back they were cheering him and he felt like a hero is what he said and that is uh definitely one of the uh, uh, defining moments of his career i think this will be known as ashwin's test in spite of uh, rohit sharma's um, uh, 161 so uh, uh, most often you'll be talking about that because 161 on this pitch uh, you would think that that's a man of the match uh, performance yes i i really think it should have been shared i don't know what happened to the concept of sharing man of the matches they can definitely do it i'm sure the money doesn't really matter it's more about the pride of getting the man of the match but yeah rohit deserves it as much as ashwin does this podcast has pretty much been the ashwin podcast hasn't it because he's uh, sort of dominated uh, every discussion pretty much from day to onwards and you're not surprised at all by that because these were uh, conditions which were tailor made in a sense for him but as he himself uh, reflected in the post match comments he said that it's not going to be easy for anybody it's not just a question of turning up and bowling and getting wickets on this surface you need to know exactly what you need uh, what you need to do on this pitch and then also the way that he batted so that just summed up a perfect test match for him and uh, while a lot of credit must go to the overall indian team i think ashwin was by and large the overarching figure in this particular match um, i must confess my tamil isn't all that fluent so i didn't get a lot of that uh, post match chat all right so 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 then let me let me translate a bit of it for you yeah basically he said that when he was young he wondered if he would ever play at this ground and people would turn out and clap for him He's been there as a child his father used to take him to most of the games he said he was speechless he said I've played four test matches here and this is easily the most special test match it gave me a hero feeling yes uh, so uh, ashwin outstanding for him uh, very emotional performance i'm sure in front of his home crowd his home fans and uh, probably uh, a little sad maybe at, at some corner of his mind to have been deprived of the chance of joining a very select band of people with a century and a 10 wicket haul in the same test match but nonetheless uh, i think we are going to see the best of him and it's something i had predicted uh, towards the latter part of the first test match that from here on i think ashwin will have a little bit of a grip on this english team and i would expect that to continue over the next two test matches so then let's go back to the beginning alan and did this test match 
end for England the moment Rohit Sharma scored his century. Because there was a point where England maybe were in it when India were at 80-odd for three, having lost Virat Kohli in the first innings. But I think at the end of day one, it was pretty obvious that this test was heading in just one direction. Yeah, I mean, I have to confess, my Tamil isn't up to much either. <laughs> the pitch might as well have been speaking Tamil for the way England um, tried to uh, understand it and get to grips with it. Uh, it yeah, that first day, um, Rohit's contribution, we kind of said, I think, at the time that this has probably set the course of the game. Maybe if England had... I mean, there were a couple of half chances, maybe they got a little bit of luck um, and they bowled India out for closer to sort of 200, 250. They might have found a way of hanging in uh, when it came to their turn with the bat. But yeah, they were just sort of crushed beneath that majestic 1-6-1 and the course of the game was pretty much set and we've just sort of been playing out the two, three days subsequently to to work out, you know, who gets the match award and so on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think Ashwin's probably a deserved winner. But let's talk about some, maybe some of the slightly undersung heroes for India. Yeah, they're not they're not unsung because people are are in, in singing their praises for sure. But someone like a Rishabh Pant, Gaurav, or even a Najinkya Rahane in the first innings, he scored 67. Rishabh Pant was not out. He was upset that the tail didn't bat longer with him, if I remember correctly. His keeping, there were a few missteps with his keeping, but... After Australia, after when Saha started that first test match there, has now Pant established himself as India's number one test keeper anywhere in the world? So, this is the problem with all of us, including everybody in the media and general public. You know, our memory is like, generally we go about so much with recency bias and we go about what people do uh, in the preceding tests. Uh, we were speaking a lot in Australia about uh, Saha, how he has to play and he's the overseas, uh, uh, as in uh, when when he didn't do anything wrong, Rishabh Pant's keeping is bad, so Saha has to keep in a home test, etc., whereas overseas should be Pant. But I think they've realized now that there's no point uh, delaying Pant's uh, inclusion in the domestic setup because as a batsman, he's such a game changer and keeping his work in progress. You don't become a good keeper just like that. It comes from uh, a lot of experience and keeping a lot, especially in these tough conditions. And he showed that he's really good. And uh, we, I think, discussed that in in the last uh, uh, test uh, podcast of, of uh, in Australia that unless you give Rishabh Pant the chance and opportunity, you're never going to really know how, he, how he's going to perform. So... Uh, very impressive. I think he's made sure that he's sealed that spot. So Saha would be hanging around for any concussion sub or injuries or as a replacement only moving forward. I strongly believe that. And uh, yeah, but Saha still has his time. There could be a time in England or somewhere when he needs to step up instead of the Shep Pant and he will come in. But for the foreseeable future, I think Pant has sealed his place more as a batsman, I would say. A remarkable turnaround indeed. India won this by 317 runs. Alan Deban made an excellent point, I think, on yesterday's podcast it was, when England did extremely well. They won by 200-plus runs in the first in the first Test match. But if you look at England's last three innings in India, they've been bowled out for 178, 134 and 164. Those are worrying signs. Yes, certainly. I mean, they were reliant on Joe Root in that first innings. A um, couple of support acts, but it was, you know, he scored the lion's share of the runs. He did the same in Sri Lanka, um, the tour, you know, preceding this one. 
And I mean, the, the one sort of mitigation, I suppose, um, and it, it isn't going to be um, much help for the rest of the series unless they learn quickly. Uh, this is an inexperienced lineup. It's certainly in, in these conditions. So I think only Root and Stokes had played in India before Moeen Ali came in for this test, but he's going home um, having <laughs> smacked a few sixes around Chaport before um, before leaving. Um, so, yeah, the likes of, you know, Dom Sibley, Rory Burns, um, Ollie Pope, Dan Lawrence were all kind of learning on the job. And they, did, you know, none of them looked has looked very comfortable. Um, Dom Sibley ground out runs in in the first test and showed a way to adapt in Gaul after struggling there in in sort of three innings. Um, but I, you know, the thing is that for all these players, the conditions that we saw in um, in Chennai for this second match are so alien to them. Um, you know, county pitches just don't do this sort of thing. Don't turn, barely turn that much on on the on the fourth day, let alone on the first day. Um, I mean, I saw some stats about the level to which Taunton is kind of the most spinning pitch in England, um, and it you know barely would come barely comes close in terms of percentage of spin that's bowled there um, to somewhere like Chennai, um, and so those techniques are um, they're untested and they're kind of trying to I suppose pick up um, a method and work on on a on a way of scoring runs and surviving at the same time um, and Barut who's shown you know footwork and concentration and and all those things are, are, are the keys um, yeah no one I mean certainly in this test no one um, bar folks to a degree in the first innings I suppose um, managed to stick around but um, yeah they've got They've got a lot of work to do ahead of um, the third test, albeit that we don't know what conditions will be like with a pink ball under lights in Ahmedabad, and that might um, help them be a little bit more competitive. Yeah, while folks came into this test match, Alan, and uh, he's going to play the next two, and he did really well, will England in some way regret the fact that they made four changes heading into the second test? I mean, breaking up a winning winning combination, or is this a rotation policy here here to stay? I th- well, I think um, yes, they will stick with the policy because you know they've they won three tests in a row before this uh, and six overseas tests in a row going into this game. So you know, one crushing defeat um, probably isn't going to change the the overarching strategy. So, uh, some of some of the uh, changes to the side were planned. Obviously, Josh Butler was going to was going to go home at this stage and have a rest and that is because England know that he's going to play an awful lot of cricket this year and that arguably the the, the biggest thing um for them on the horizon is the um T20 World Cup and then an ashes beyond that maybe but uh, you know I don't I don't think they're going to get to the World Test Championship final <laughs> God, certainly <laughs> if the, if the if the form is repeated over the next couple of tests um so there's there's a uh, I, there's an understandable plan at work there, but whether and, and I don't think playing James Anson in this game would have made much difference either, to be honest. But but um, Moeen coming into the side for Don Bess, well, I mean, it looks you know it looked in a way well that would be a good good um, way of getting Moeen into the series. But now he's going home, which was again pre-planned. But the, the fact that Moeen got COVID in in Sri Lanka and didn't play there has kind of 
made it look a little bit um, not as wise as perhaps it, it was intended because he's missed three games and then played one and, and, and will now go out the side again. Um, obviously, Archer was, a, was an injury replacement and I presume we'll be hoping he's fit again. But yeah, so some of it was slightly forced on them um you you don't want to change a winning team uh, the old adage goes um but i don't think you know england suffered by having ben folks in for butler for instance i mean butler's um keeping has improved a lot and he is a a very good batsman certainly in against a white ball but um doesn't have i mean folks's record batting in tests in asia is 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 very capable um and I mean, Don Bess had had a difficult first test, even though England had won. So, yeah, the changes maybe didn't help, but but I think there were you know <laughs> there were greater deficits in terms of skill and, and application and um, and just the way they approached a very different challenge um, this, this second time around. Yeah, for more chat on England and there'll be plenty of praise on there for Ashwin and India as well. Alan has his Switch It podcast coming out pretty soon. So head over to the website, maybe later later after you listen to this this evening or even our social media channels for that. Let's look ahead then to Ahmedabad, yeah, to the Pink Ball Test. Gaurav, is there a sense, like I, I'm getting this sense now that sometimes maybe maybe we can we look at the pink ball test so differently despite the fact that sometimes you we overthink it in terms of changes to the side india's batting seems to be set in stone there probably will be one change made to the bowling lineup right yeah spot on i think kuldeep will go out and bumrah will come in i think that will be the only change uh, but we need to wait and see i don't know how uh, the pitch can be prepared with keeping pink ball in mind and the day-night conditions in mind. So that's something I'm very curious to see how the team management uh, uh, does. Because if you're, if they feel that it's going to help pace bowlers and it's going to bring swing uh, into play, then it kind of evens the contest a little bit. Because Archer, Anderson, Broad are as good as Ishant Bumrah and uh, Siraj, right? So... Uh, how do you bring the spinners into play? Something we need to wait and watch. If we, if uh, for those who didn't watch the the final of the T Twenty domestic competition, Said Mushtaq Ali, the, it it spun like crazy, and uh, it, thirteen overs of spin were bowled. If I remember right, there was a debutant spinner, as in a debutant in that not debutant first game for that uh, spinner uh, played the final. Siddharth, he got like three wickets, and there was dust pop coming out uh, in the first ball and all. So, but again, I don't know that is that the way the pitch is going to be prepared or will the team management go for a grassy pitch? I, that's something I'm very curious to see. But if if we go by historic ping ball tests generally all over the world, it's been favouring uh, fast bowlers. So, uh, yeah, let's wait and see how uh, uh, that's, go- that's going to play. But I'm excited because it's a new venue and it's supposed to be uh, uh, one really exciting exciting thing for uh, India as a country to get such a stadium. I think it's the world's biggest uh, with a capacity of about uh, 1.2 lakhs if, I'm, uh, if I remember right. So, yeah, it'd be exciting to see that and it'd be good because pink ball kind of brings uh, both teams much closer. Uh, so we'll, let's wait and see how that uh, pans out. Deban, do you do you concur with Gaurav there? Just one change: keep Siraj, Ishant, and uh, a returning Bumrah as your pace lineup. 
Uh, yes, I think that would be the most logical change that India might go in for because uh, Jaspreet Bumrah would have uh, wanted to be fresh for that uh, pink ball test match. And uh, it will probably depend a little bit on the conditions as well. But yes, by and large, um, I'm not sure how the pitch has behaved off late in Ahmedabad. But typically, it does uh, support a little bit more bounce and a little bit more movement as well for seamers. So India I, might go in with a three seam and two spin combination. Although, interestingly, uh, just looking at the social media handles of a few people, it seems like uh, Hardik Pandya has been uh, practicing his batting. So, I don't know if India will consider maybe uh, fielding him as one of the all-rounders, in which case their combination might still stay 2-seam plus 2-spin. But uh, let's see. I mean, it will depend to a great extent on combinations and uh, the conditions. But yes, uh, I think it, it's, it's going to be a little bit difficult on Kuldeep Yadav, who we must mention because he was quite unfortunate to have that catch dropped. But eventually coming back with two wickets. But I see him, yes, probably being rested for the next match. One thing we need to uh, keep a watch is the return of Mohamed Shami. I did read uh, uh, earlier this morning that Shami is uh, going to be there in the squad for the next two tests. So if Shami comes in, he directly comes in place of Siraj and that's going to be a lethal attack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Shami, Ishant and Bumrah is is your first choice attack. Alan, from England's point of view, we have just seen the squad. Besto will come into the 11, right? Straight into the 11. Um, yeah, I I think he probably will. I mean, it's a slightly funny one in that Besto was, you know, out of the test team for the best part of the last year, um, and but then played in Gaul, um, where England were without Rory Burns and pushed Zach Crawley up to open. So, I mean, I think at the start of the tour, you'd have been expecting England to, to play... Dom Sibley, Rory Burns and Zach Crawley, albeit that that's a, a very inexperienced top three. Uh, there's a bit of pressure on on both of the openers now. And I think that, I mean, there's every chance that Crawley could come could, could come in anyway if he's fit. But yeah, but Bairstow batted well in Sri Lanka. I think his top score was 47, but um, he played better than, better than that. Um, suggests and and he showed um, a reasonable ability against the spinning ball and he would add a lot of experience. I mean, number three is probably you know like it's his ideal position, but it's it's more sort of tenable in the subcontinent where he's going to face um, less fast bowling. Although that said, you know a, a pink ball at Ahmedabad um, could could test that theory. Um, but yeah, his experience, I think, and. Um, you know, we talk, talked about um, the lack of that in England's batting. So he's a good bet to play. And then and then it'll be, yeah, the shape of the attack and whether, I mean, England will hope that Archer is fit. Um, you can bet, you can bank on James Anderson being back in the 11. And then and there's a fair chance that Chris Wokes might play, actually. Um, I mean, Broad was fairly underused in um in this second Chennai test and um you know won't, probably won't have appreciated his m- major contribution being bowling leg cutters with the keeper stood up to the stumps um so he'll be he'll be dying to to get a go with a pink ball um under lights but wokes would strengthen the batting um i mean a, a tale of leech um broad archer and anderson is quite a long one so i i, I would wouldn't be surprised if England were thinking quite seriously about Wokes um, for this test as well. Um, and yeah, probably probably just the one spinner and, and route to, to sling down a few if needed. The Chennai leg of England's tour of India is complete. We've had two excellent test matches, very different test matches and very different results. England won the first. India have levelled the series 
We've seen crowds back in stadiums in India as well. Now, I want the three of you all pick your most enduring memory from either of the two test matches. It can be from Chennai. Gaurav, as the hometown boy, we'll start with you. It has to be uh, Ashwin Century with the bat. I think we've seen enough performances with the ball. Always these kind of stories come very rare. And I think uh, that was my favourite moment. And Siddharth celebrating more than Ashwin. I think that was even more uh, special uh, to see the kind of... Um, uh, bonding the team has. So, that is uh, the moment for the two tests. Dibayan? Uh, for me, the moment, I think, uh, even though there have been a lot of great moments for both teams, I think the really critical part uh, of this uh, test match was, for me, the Rohit Sharma and Ajinkya Rahane partnership. For the simple reason that Dibayan is contractually obliged <laughs> to get Rahane in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, yes, uh, that aside, you know, of course, he's, he's going to send me the check in the mail, which I would expect anytime soon. But uh, yes, the, the key thing here is that uh, the fact that the Rohit Sharma and uh, Ajinkya Rahane partnership came at a time where England were beginning to gain some ascendancy on a pitch which was offering turn. Uh, they had picked up some wickets, even though Rohit was going strong at one end. Uh, dismissing Virat Kohli as early as he did, uh, Moin Ali had really sort of opened up a window of opportunity for the English team. And from there on, to have a big partnership to counter-attack and uh, in a way completely reverse the pressure. So I just think now the momentum of the series has switched because England were going into this test match with a 1-0 lead. Uh, they didn't win the toss, but they'd made the most of the conditions in the first session. Uh, they would have been looking forward to getting India out quite quickly and then probably bat well and uh, push on for a 2-0 lead. Uh, I just feel now it's going to be quite difficult for this England team, although they are a quality side. But to come back from this kind of a pasting in alien conditions, uh, irrespective of the fact that the next match is actually a day-night uh, test, I think it'll just play a little bit into India's hands. Alan, are you going to show Joe Root some love? Yes, that was a, a fine innings from Root, uh, although it seems a long time ago. The, the other memorable thing about the, the first test was, um, for me, was the, the Anderson spell on the final day that to remove uh, Shubman Gill and Ajinkya Rahane. Um, and Devine's mentioned that that delivery to... Uh, Virat Kohli from uh, from Moeen Ali as well, all, all kind of little moments. But I think actually my favourite thing about the whole uh, Chennai leg so far has been having a crowd back in and having you know the full experience of watching a Test match being played in India um, again, and and the whistles and the hoots and um, and the way the volume went up on on that um, third afternoon as Ashwin was uh, <laughs> tonking it all over the place. Um, so yeah, I mean that's. That's been the um, the thing I'll uh, I think I'll remember even if it will be accompanied by the uh, sense of crushing failure uh, of um, English batsmen in the face of uh, India spinners. Unforgettable indeed. Last word from each of you all, Deban. You mentioned momentum, yeah, and there is this fear that India from here on are going to run away with it. Are we are we going to see a fight or are we going to see a three-one with both the next two Test matches ending in quick time? Uh, well, you never say never in cricket, I suppose, especially in 2021. But um, I think it's going to be difficult for England. I don't think the third test match or the fourth test match will be as one-sided as this one or shouldn't be as one-sided as this one. But India have enough depth, they are in enough form and they've just uh, re regained a little bit of that swagger that they normally have when playing at home. And for England, it's going to be quite difficult, uh, even with Moin Ali going away and, and obviously with their rotation policy and everything uh, going around. I think it's going to be quite a challenge for them. So, I would say India either 2-1 or maybe even 3-1. Okay. Gaurav, what do you think? Are India going to win this comfortably? 
Yeah, I would think so. I think uh, pink ball might be closer, might be more competitive, but I think India will edge that. Alan, Gaurav's not giving England a chance at all. <laughs> well, I have to, I have to um, back the fight back here, don't I, to to make it interesting. I, I mean, I, I, if ordinarily, I would say from this point, um, yes, even though momentum uh, is a figment of everyone's imagination, England will undoubtedly now lose three one because they'll get served up. Uh, two more spinning pitches, but the day nighter and the pink ball does does throw something into the mix there. Um, England haven't played loads of pink ball tests, but they, I mean, when um, I think the last one was possibly in um, Christchurch, but they competed in Adelaide against Australia. It sort of evened the scales a bit there. Um, so they'll be, yeah, they've got a decent seam bowling attack and they'll hope that um, if the ball doesn't turn as much, um, if the pitch is, is perhaps a little bit greener, a little bit uh, less abrasive, um, then they can sneak a few runs and, and Root can get back in form. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say we'll make it interesting and 2-2 uh, is still on the cards. Oh, indeed it is. Alan Gardner, Devan Sen and Gaurav Sundaraman, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We're headed to Ahmedabad next. We'll see you in a week's time. This is Karthik signing off from ESPN Cricket Post Stump.